York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. to 111 and now let's look at, take a look at this box score you already know there's only really three people to really focus on the Knicks is giving buckets yeah, Julius Randle is giving us 25 points 16 rebounds and five assists with two steals on the night um Jalen Brunson dropped 44 seven rebounds with four assists quickly gives us 23 points Knicks only have 16 assists Really strange game, but we're still in this game to win it, but end up losing to the Bucks, largely because the bench scoring is non-existent. We got outscored by bench. Drew Holly hits clutch things. Ingle cooked us, and we end up falling to the championship. Um, we, we, after a very little game, we were in the driver's seat, but we just. I'm gonna talk about it all. Before we talk about it, I'm gonna shout out to Fubu TV. Shout out to Fubu TV. If you go to FubuTV.com/kot, you can watch the Knicks for free for seven days on MSG. All right, so shout out to Fubu TV. You can watch the Knicks cable, other cable channels, other football channels, uh, Fresh Prince Martin, whatever you're gonna watch. So shout out to Fubu TV for working with us. All right. Also, really, really please hit the like and subscribe button as well. It'll help the channel grow. And also comment because we we actually like getting into getting into it with you guys in the comments. All right. Now I'm gonna introduce you to my guys. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Right, G's in the building. Disappointing loss tonight, but Wednesday's another day. Hopefully, they can get back on track against the Pacers on Wednesday. Absolutely. Wednesday is another day. Next up is the Latin Assassin, Mr. ESPN contributor, Mr. Deadspin contributor, posting and toasting contributor, SNY contributor, my man, the Latin Assassin, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? What's up, Jay Ellis? What's up, Brian? I wanted to start the show with a special shout out and recognition for head coach Tom Thibodeau's 100th win uh, last Friday against the Toronto Raptors. Really proud and happy of our head coach got to the 100 win mark um, in, in, in such dominating fashion. He's the first coach since Mike Woodson uh, to be able to hit the 100 game mark. And I hope he puts that memorialized on a plaque to hang in his man cave when his bum ass is fired after the summer and at home uh, watching the Knicks on TV because this man got to go. I'm sorry, Lee. I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but he will not be fired after the summer. <laughs> A man can wish and dream it's, and hope. It's just not going to happen, man. I agree with you, but it's not going to happen. 
but it needs to happen. Uh, I can already tell where this is going. Um, I can, I'm already saying this. I don't blame this loss on the coach at all. But I can already feel the temperature where it's going. We got smacked because of bench scoring for real for me. That's what I'm looking at first is the bench scoring was a huge issue. Three back-to-back threes in the fourth quarter by Ingles in the span of a minute really did us in. And that's with uh, Randall and Brunson on the bench. Things turned very quickly. Um, Quickly had a great game. I was hoping he would actually man the fort when those guys on the bench just didn't really happen but i i think that was a huge component to why we lost on top of the the hartenstein minutes in the third quarter as well really didn't suit us mixed with some tired legs in that third quarter from randall and brunson those to me were the big one of the big chunks of reasons why we lost and i'll get to another reason why we lost a little bit later um, but, but to me, those are like the things that really stand out to me, but overall Knicks had played a tough game, a rough game defensively. We're in it. I tweeted, this is looking like the best defensive performance of the season by these Knicks. We competed relentlessly showed Randall one-on-one defense on, on Giannis was impeccable. Grimes helped out. Mitch helped out. We just could not sustain that much activity level for that long uh, period of time. And it was a big reason why we lost. And I see somebody asked about Sims. I agree. Sims should be playing. Um, but uh, I'll save that for for somebody else to, to mention. And I'll let, I'll let Lee go since he's fuming. I already know he wants to say something. Oh, uh, man. I have to hand it to the Knicks players. I, I do believe that Tom Thibodeau has his guys completely bought into his defensive schemes. Um, they're listening to him and they're executing his instructions. The issue is the instructions are outdated and incorrect. There shouldn't be an over-reliance on paint coverage and defending the paint while giving up threes. Those back-to-back threes that you referenced earlier is because Thibodeau overcommits the weak side help to stay in the paint and make sure that to be honest, always has a wall that he drives into. The problem is you're leaving a team that plays five out. Remember that stretch five conversation we had about a month ago? Uh, the Butts are the perfect example of that, and they're a championship by the uh, winner as well. They play five out, and they have some really hot sharpshooters. At one point in time, Joe Ingles was in the top five three-point percentage at two or three seasons, uh, not necessarily in a row, but within a span. Burke Lopez is probably the best shooting bait in the NBA, and those are two of the three guys that killed us. Uh, in the fourth quarter because of Tibbs' over-reliance on guarding the paint and allowing some of the best shooters in the NBA to be wide open on the perimeter, which is why you found Evan Fournier, rightly so, helping out on Giannis. But what's he, he don't do when Giannis is driving to the paint? Well, he also left uh, Joe Ingles open in the corner. So Joe Ingles buried a three on us. Uh, it's that type of uh, arrogance in his, his ways to not – change and mold not just on a season on a macro level but on a micro game to game level as well he has an inability to change i'm not gonna get i'm not like tearing my apartment apart because we lost this game it was a frustrating one nothing will beat the dallas one to me unfortunately but it's just sad that here we are with another example of a a, a nits breakdown going to the fourth quarter with a lead and we lost a game 
And I do think there are multiple reasons why. I mean, his rotations from about the end of a third to the beginning of the fourth are the reason we lost primarily, which are over-reliance on Hartenstein, not playing Sims, pairing Obi and Fournier together defensively was horrendous. Uh, having IQ lead a group of like McBride and Fournier and Obi and Mitch was like, those are really hard, horrible coaching decisions. And I think ultimately it fell on him. Um, I would say I, w- I would agree. I used to say it was the scheme until I saw other examples of people doing similar things and having success. Like we've played perfect defensive three-point basketball for damn near three quarters. And I mean, listen, there was a reason Devin Foreman was benched for those long stretches of time. It's because of that. Um, at the same time, you know, when Grimes is in there, he wasn't getting those type of looks, stretch fives. You're always going to have problems with that, especially when you have a freight trainer, Giannis. And like I said, we 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 defended it pretty perfectly for three quarters until uh that lineup but like then again it's like we don't have rj to to not play ob and for you together you kind of have to play the horses you have which is why i don't really put that on tibbs and i kind of see why he overplayed brunson and randall a little bit today the only the only um rebuttal i'll say is maybe you play sims over hartenstein that's to me, that's still more of a front office thing. We're going to freaking be battling that for the rest of the year until we go run, run, run through the motions of Hartenstein just not being better than Sims and anything whatsoever. But I'm sorry, I usually let Ryan go. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Ryan. I know I kind of took up your, your usual spot. I had to get that off. No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I definitely hear what both of y'all are saying. I just think this game was just a matter of like small margins because first and foremost, the lack of scoring by the bench definitely hurt the Knicks in this game. I feel like if the bench was able to do a bit more on the offensive end, I think Thibs would have been more willing to leave the bench guys out there, which would have gave Brunson, Randall, and guys like that more time to rest. Yeah. But because the bench was not given no offensive production, and then on top of that, the, the Bucks bench was out there with Ingles shooting lights out and Bobby Porter's contributing as well. I think that hurt the Knicks when the bench was in the game. And then on top of that, um, defensively, I hear what Lee is saying, but at the same time, it's like with the Bucks, you really have to pick your poison because yeah, they play five out and yeah, you would want to, you would want to guard a perimeter, but then that's why the Bucks do that. Because if they got, if you have your guys spaced out and guard a perimeter, then you have Giannis just running amok in the paint and I'm not going to be too hard on them with the defensive scheme because I do understand that, yeah, you have to guard them five out. You got to guard them a five out on the perimeter. But at the same time, you do have to stop Giannis. And a lot of, and, and when Giannis was driving into the paint, the Knicks did collapse on Giannis, which made him ineffective for the most part. And, you know, you would rather Giannis probably passing the ball rather than him just killing y'all and just dropping 30, 40 on you. So I, I'm not going to be too hard on things when it comes to the defensive scheme. But I think, like I said, I just think it's small margins. The bench didn't produce. And when the bench was out there, Bucks bench just killed them. And then on top of that, like, even at the end of the game, like, the game was close. Drew Holiday hits two shots. This dude ain't do nothing all game. He hits two shots and Grimes was draped all over him. It's not even like they were open shots. 
Grant Grimes is all over him, and he hits two difficult shots, and that got the Bucks over the hump. So it's hard for me to really be hard on Thibs on this game, even though I agree. I do not agree with Obi and Fournier being on the court at the same time. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna incorporate Obi back in the lineup, I do agree. I would rather Hardesty be the one to sit and just have Sims, Obi, McBride, and Fournier just play as the bench unit. But also, I think it also shows that the Knicks really do need RJ to come back. Because with RJ coming back, you move quickly back to the bench and quickly can provide that score and pop off the bench. Because without quickly on the bench, Knicks bench barely gives you anything offensively. And they need some more pop off that bench. So, yeah, the Knicks really need RJ to come back. So quickly can move back to the bench and provide the extra scoring off the bench that the Knicks need. I thought Randall did a pretty good job of playing Giannis one-on-one for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I another criticism I had was Tibbs playing Randall the entire first half. I think he might have set for like two minutes, yeah. which of course is going to be gas in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, it's about fatigue. Well, there's a reason why these players are fatigued because Tibbs overplays them. Not just this game, but game to game. Randall had to play the entire first half guarding the best for brute force an entire NBA. But yeah, he was tired in the fourth quarter. But I didn't I don't think that having Evan Fournier slide over as a third man as part of a defensive wall for Giannis is really going to stop Giannis. If he needs to be draped over the perimeter die because uh Bud went three guards out toward the end of a game. He had his best shooters out there. You can't leave any of those guys open, especially how high IQ Giannis is it's finding shooters when he's driving to the paint and getting out. So I, I thought it was a bad defensive choices, bad rotation choices by Tibbs, but it's also on the players to execute while they're out there. Brunson did a great job to you know talk about some pros. Brunson, IQ, did a really great job uh, at being clutched down the stretch and having great all-around games. I'm not going to blame them at all, but this isolation play that, that Tibbs runs on offense, it's like, it's laughable. The rest of the league laughs at us at the way that we play offense because it's just ISO play, ISO play. Every player is just an ISO situation. We don't run any type of real schematics. And it's an embarrassment. I, I, I think anyone who defends Tibbs at this point is an embarrassment, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to embarrass me because I'm going to defend him right now. I'm, I'm just telling you right now. It's crazy because here's the thing that, that's crazy because we were up. I am not a proponent of only playing ISO play, but I look at the first quarter and I'm seeing Randall miss wide open threes. I'm looking at the fourth quarter and we still had a chance to win this game the refs missed a crazy drew holiday foul from brunson at the three-point line which is ridiculous and then on top of that i'm looking at randall right here's one thing about randall I love the turnaround Randall's had this year. From the from the defense to the passing to the hustle. Today did not have it offensively in that first half. The final key for Randall to me is still a little bit of mentality. Because even when he's having a phenomenal game, when Randall has the ball with like less than five minutes left in the game, I'm nervous no matter what. I don't even care if he's going off in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. By the time there's like five minutes left, I'm nervous. Yeah. Brunson? Hold on. Hold on. I got to change the screen before I talk about Brunson. Hold on a second. Because Brunson 
was destroying these guys. Brunson is going to have a 50-point game in a Nick uniform. He's going to be the first Nick to have 50 points. I'm calling that right now. But there was a point in the game when Brunson was causing so much havoc that they were tra- they trapped him. Randall has the ball all alone. Brooke Lopez is right there, mid-range, all by himself. A shot he takes fading away, wide open. He hesitates, doesn't shoot it, causes a turnover. And these are the moments where I want Randall to like gain his confidence because as great as Randall is, which is he still is missing that it, that killer instinct to, to say, yeah, that's that's the guy. That's the guy I want to have the, the ball in his hand at the end. He he does everything right at certain points of the season, but that. And then you on the flip side, you're looking at Drew Holiday, who's who can have a bad game for three quarters and then turn it on like a switch. Right now, we only have one guy, maybe two. I see one guy can count on can turn it on like a switch in Jalen Brunson. And I see like a spades hand, two possibles, right? I seen IQ do it last year. I haven't really seen it this year. And I seen RJ Barrett done in instances. And but Randall is still like an enigma to me. Like for us to win this game, even with the low assist numbers, Randall makes easy shots with wide open spacing that Brunson's created for him. We win the game. I don't know if anybody else to say, but that's it is what it is right there. You just gotta make you gotta have to make shots at the end of the day. You have to make shots at the end of the day. And I, I give the Knicks a lot of credit for fighting, for battling the rest, because the rest tried to throw the game away. But you, you gotta make shots, man. Gotta make shots. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I think. I, I think, well, towards the end of the game, I think Randall was more deferring to Brunson because Brunson had, I think he, Brunson had the hot hand. I mean, at the same time, I, he was kind of hesitant to take some shots and, you know, he wasn't really, he was more like, I guess, reacting as opposed to just, you know, just, you know, just deciding what to do and go through with it. But I think like he was referring to, I think he was deferring to Brunson because Brunson had the hot game and Brunson had the hot hand and Brunson was coming through knocking in, you know, big shots in the fourth quarter. I just think Randall was like, you know what? Brunson got the hot hand. I'm just defer to him. He was sung. He be, um, you know, he'd be looking like in the fourth, in the fourth quarter to me, man. No, he looking like, he looks scared in the fourth quarter, bro. I'm sorry to say, Randall looks petrified in the fourth quarter. He looks like my man that just got traded from the Philadelphia 76ers, dog. Like straight up, he looks scared. It looked like he didn't even want to touch the ball. Am I wrong? That's not Randall all the time, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that was Randall tonight. But like I said, I think I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, I think it was being. I think it was deferring to to yeah. Brunson. I, I agree. Exhaust. It's one thing to be exhausted. It's one thing to be seven feet from the basket wide open and hesitate 
You give Kobe the ball seven feet from the basket and he's open. What is he doing? You give any of the, you give the rant that look. You give any of the big guys that look open. What are you doing? You shooting the ball, though. You know, Ben Simmons is in the situation. He Ben Simmons us today, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, which play was that? I'm trying to think. Was that the play when there was there was one play where I was like, I think when he I think when he was like seven feet away, but I think he had Mitch open. He had and he Mitch never open. He waited. He never passed the ball, but he but he decided to go up it. And I'm like, if he passed the ball to Mitch sooner, that would have been a dunk. Is that was that the play? Yes, I'm talking about that play. It was a play when they doubled Brunson. He gets the ball. Um Lopez was right under the basket and he was kind of like waiting. He kind of fell back to see what Randall was going to do. And Randall was caught between should I shoot the ball or should I dump it off to Mitch? And as the game is on the line, if the game is on the line and the Brooke Lopez is laying off for you, you have to shoot it. And he had like two or three plays in that span where I felt like he was hesitant. That's just me. I mean, it's I mean it's sad that that Randall has initiated all all the offense on his own too uh, in terms of like finding guys and that there aren't plays drawn up for Mitchell Robinson to get the ball in the paint. He's not utilized as an offensive threat more than he is. So I think he's. He's probably the most underutilized player on the team. It's, it's, the guys just aren't finding him. I think he didn't score his first points to the fourth quarter, even though he's playing unbelievable defense and rebounding at a really high level tonight. I just wish that we had a coach who had a job schemes for all players on the court, opposed to just give the ball to someone and say, get us a bucket. Right. I mean, it's one of those things at the same time, Tibbs. What Tibbs does is he draws up schemes and makes the play unless a player make the decision like they like i saw a shout out shout out to terry i see you though and that's a lot of reasons why offensively we've done a lot better this season because we have a guy in brunson who kind of run offense a, a, a lot better so a lot of it sometimes is really on brunson to make that decision uh to pass it out but at the same time when he has it going at the same time, when he has it going, he has it going. But I do believe that we, I agree with you. We need to pass a lot more in general. Um, it's just like it's just it's just like it's still to me. This is still one of those games where, like, even with that, we could have we could have came away to win. Really, really. But yo, salute to the chat, man. Salute to the chat. I got 98% of what I had to say off my chest. Uh, if you want to call in and talk, give your, your, your looks about the game, your segment about the game, you can call in. You already know what it is. 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. And you can give your takes. But shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Craig. Shout out to NYK, Terry, and Trey. Shout out to my real fake cousin, Winston Ellis, Roberto Rivera Jr., and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Picks for Timmy as well. All right. I like that comment by Craig that says players play 
coaches handle rotations, rotate booty steam out the game. I think all of us can agree that uh, iHeart is complete booty out there. I think he should be completely removed from the rotation at this point. Uh, and Sim should eat up. Sims and, and Obi can share his minutes uh, yeah. completely. And I don't, just for the record, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is a Fisdale level coach. I think he's a better of an average coach. He's at a slightly better of an average because of his defensive acumen. I think he's a coach who did you 50 wins. He's a coach who can come into your organization, one that's like really dysfunctional, like a Sacramento or a Minnesota or New York, and he can turn a team around, get you 45 wins, and get you into the playoffs. I don't think he's one who could consistently get you to the conference finals or once you're in the conference finals, get to the finals and win a championship. I do not think he's a championship caliber coach, which makes me worry. Like we are on a trajectory forward. I'm optimistic. I think we're getting better every year because the players are improving. Right. And when we get to the point where we finally have a superstar and we're ready to win it all, I don't trust Tibbs whatsoever to to, to get us uh, on, on top. So it, if we don't, we all agree we're going to fire him. I just happen to want to fire him earlier than the, the rest of y'all. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen though because Leon Rose is he is obsessed with optics. That's his friend, former boss, former client. There's no way he's going to fire him. That's the splashiest movies made, and to fire him would signal a huge L on his part. So he's not, he's not going to take that L. He's just going to keep riding out tips. I don't think. I don't. To, to be honest, I don't think any GM would fire a coach after like a a, a, a winning season unless it unless they felt like we underperformed. I feel like we're performing to standards of the NBA. Like I said, if we had not, if we had legit MVP, multiple MVP candidates here who've been doing it for years, and then we were a 50 win team, then I say any GM would fire him. But at this point, I just don't see, I don't see any GM firing Tibbs at this point. If there was a, a, a moment to fire Tibbs, um, and it might be more justified. It would be it would be last season, not this one. Yeah, I think it, 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 we're not even good enough to be in the playoff conversation. But typically, those firings happen after a player, a coach, continually loses in the first round, like season after season. Like uh, Terry mentioned, Dwayne Casey, which is a great example. He won Coach of the Year and was fired immediately right after that. And then Masai Ujiri got Nick Nurse, and they ended up winning championship once Kawhi was on board, uh, replacing DeRozan. But to me, if Tibbs reaches a playoff again, and we've had this conversation, and he's bouncing the first round, then I think now he's in a context of playoff performance. Like I give him his regular season accolades, raw pulled all, all the stats about net ratings and stuff. That's all great. The for me, the playoffs matter a lot more, and he needs to show we are going to make the playoffs this year, and he's going to give us a great example to show us what kind of coach he is when the stakes are high. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, I just want to jump in right quick. I'll say this though, like. I do believe that the, that the Knicks will stick with Thibs and Thibs will be our coach at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. But I think there was a video I watched. I think it was on Knicks fan TV. And I think they were interviewing, I believe it, I believe it was Fred Katz. I got to go back and look back. I got to go and look back at it. And he made a good point about Thibs and the job he's doing this season because he's, because he put out a stat that's that showed that the Knicks are, I think seventh in defense 11th in offense, and I think he said like something like a like I I, I gotta go back and look at the stats to make sure 100%. I'm just going based off memory that I, what I watched earlier. And he said this stat like the last I think 17 champions in the NBA had top 
10 defense and top 10 offense. And then he pointed out teams this season that have top 10 defense, top 10 offense. And he named, like, I know Brooklyn Nets was one of them. I believe, I want to say the Bucks is one of them as well, the Pelicans. And it was five teams, and one of them are the Knicks. And he was saying that, you know, the Thibs, Thibs is doing an exceptional job with the Knicks this season. But at the same time, you can also make an argument that Thibs is underperforming with the same squad because every team that's, that has top 10 defense, top 10 offense are dominant teams. And the fact that the Knicks are only, what, what two games over 500 at the moment? shows that you can make an argument that Thibs is underperforming, but you have to also look at it as a whole as well. And you have to look at the Knicks roster and be like, oh, do the Knicks have a legit star in their team, like a legit superstar? And they don't. You know, they're doing it with a bunch of players that are, you know, at most maybe above average in Randall and Brunson, et cetera. So I just think it was pretty important. I, I think it was pretty interesting to point that out. Brunson's really good. Randall's playing like all NBA. I, I just don't, I don't think that's an excuse. We have a really good team. We're not out here with Porzingis and a bunch of like bums. This, this is a very good roster with young players with upside and a real, like one of the best starting fives in the NBA. Like the, the ratings are right through the roofs for a lot of the players in our starting unit. And we have a really good bench when everyone's healthy. Like we should get out of the first round, in my opinion. It depends on what we're facing. As a sit seed, which I think will end up, we should be able to, to beat the the three seed. Or for the fifth, we should beat the fourth. We're not beating Milwaukee. I don't have expectations. Or Boston. But I think we can Boston, beat anybody else. Right now, though, we're not beating the Bucs. <laughs> no, right. I'm not saying we're not beating Milwaukee or Boston. I mean, uh, for I, I, I'll say this at first. We're, well, to quote five cats, I live, we're ninth in offensive rating, and uh, we are 10th in defensive rating, Ryan. I was looking at those numbers today. We're ninth in offensive rating and tenth in defensive rating. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it was our rating though. Okay, but that's still top. It's top ten. Yeah, it's still so top ten. It, it takes yeah. into consideration, you know, the, the metrics. But we're we're ninth in offensive rating and tenth in defensive rating. And but the, here's the thing. And here's why I still feel like. We're like some Enigma team who scrapped our way to the top and we still have ways to go. Because even with us being top 10, if you're looking, we're 24th in field goal percentage in the league. 24th and 25th in three-point shooting percentage in the league with having a top 10 offense, which means... We're not just purely, you know, outscoring people because of our beautiful offense. We're just mucking it up. We're top three in offensive rebounds, and we're getting all of our points that way. So, it, it, like, I don't, like, so I agree that we're having a good season because of the coaching, but I don't have these grandiose ideas of what we should be doing because we don't, like, I feel like we're overvaluing people, players now when you say Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle should be taking us to the promised land in the second round. These are two guys who were not even first options on other squads who we brought here and starting to maximize their talent. So it's, it's, it's too outrageous to me to think that those two guys can all of a sudden just... You know, Why? Now, now we're top 10 MVP players who should be able to beat 
teams who are seated higher than us in the playoffs. Brunson beat the Jazz by himself. Hmm? Brunson beat the Jazz by himself with the Mavs. He did. He was a dog he, but, that's why, but listen, when I'm looking at the teams that we can match up with, I feel like the teams that we match up the best with that are ahead of us are the Cavs. Everybody else? I agree. Everybody else? Uh, I'm not so sure about. Like, being yeah. smacked by any other team but the Cavs. And not to say that the Cavs, the Cavs can't beat us. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think... I I think it's a little too homerish to be like, yeah, we we can take the. I don't know about that. It's it's homerish to say we we can take Philly. I, I mean, Philly's been up and down. They're dealing with, with major injuries, I, and they have one of the worst coaches in the NBA, and Doc Rivers, who's a complete overrated bum. I, I think that's a team that we could eat out in a seventeen series. Wouldn't be five games. It'd mm-hmm. be seven. We, we we could eat that out. We could eat that. We could I'm not, eat I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far. I'm not gonna go that far. I mean, Doc Rivers, he might he might underperform at times, but he's not a complete bum. And if the Sixers are at their best, they're beating the Knicks. Joel Embiid is still better than ever, anybody we have on this team. I think we match up well against him. I don't think we have a shot against Boston or Milwaukee, but any other team in the East, I like our chances. And I'm just happy with the seven game series. If Tibbs takes Philly to seven, we lose on a Joel Embiid step back fadeaway. I'm not gonna say all oh, fire Tibbs. We just swept in four. Yeah, different story. That's all I'm saying. I I think it's hard to hold guys to that standard when you look at your roster. When you look at your roster and go, who can get me a bucket in crunch time? And then I'm looking at my best player, Randall. I'm going, no. And I'm looking at my best player in RJ and going, "Eh, maybe. I'm not sure this year, but who knows? And I look at my, and then I look at that Brunson. No, like, all right, cool. Brunson can get us a bunk at that pus, like crunch time. But when you look at what happened today, when they decide I want to double Brunson, who's not going to choke? And then when that, when you ask that question, then I have a lot of question marks. You know what I mean? I Maybe Grimes can do it, but he hasn't done it before. Maybe he quickly can do it, but he hasn't done it on the big stage. There's a lot of question marks on the team. To be like, if we don't take him to seven, we're not a good team. Or he should be fired. Like, there's too many There's too many question marks. I disagree. I think the team showed us enough this season that they're overachieving and that the players that have been added to this team have upped the level of competitive play, most namely Jalen Brunson and then Quentin Grimes into the starting lineup. We Who should has done be it in the playoffs, play- though? Who has done it yeah, in the I playoffs besides Jalen Brunson? That's a whole I think we should be able to take a team that only has a really good starting five in Philly and be able to take them six, seven games. I don't think that's out of a question. That's not absurd. I, I, I'll say this. All, all I got to say is I, I know we're proud of this team, but all you got to point out is guys who can do it in the clutch. The Bucks have Giannis. They have Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton. Nets have Kyrie. They have KD. Right. The Sixers have Embiid, Harden, even Maxi. Like, like those guys have multiple players in crunch that can do it. Exactly. The Knicks only have Brunson. That's a, that's the only guy that you can say without a doubt. In crunch time, he's going to get buckets. That's the only guy. It's not yeah, reasonable. It's not which is why I think they had coach with any imagination. We could run plays that actually get guys open with easier shots instead of having to work tirelessly one-on-one for four full quarters just to get buckets. 
the, the reason is because guys have been doing the ISO bow and they're getting double, triple teamed. And then that's why it's hard for a guy like RJ or Randall. These other guys have point guards and, and, and plays and coaches where the guys are getting open shots with the ball moves and players pass the ball. They get guys open. They're setting screens. They're actually running a, a actual offense opposed to just going in isolation. If we had that, I think we could go a lot even further than the second round, but we don't. I agree to a certain extent, but when you're looking at teams like John Morant or you look like when he's in the playoffs, when it's playoff time, you know what they do? They hunt switches and the best player takes on the weakest defender on the other team. That's what they so do we, nine times out of 10. Are we just going to settle for sweeps and first round bounces if until we get a superstar? Because I think we're better than that. Nobody's better than that. Tell me a guy who's been to the third to, to the finals without a superstar. I'm not saying finals. I never said finals. Finals never came in my mouth. I just think we should be able to have the first round. All right. How many teams have beat another team with MVP candidates, multiple MVP candidates on them? That just doesn't happen. Like you're talking about beating a guy in Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, and (laughs) James Harden, who was a top 10 player in the NBA for multiple years and was almost took out the Golden State Warriors in his heyday. We have nobody with that type of experience on his team. It's like completely Brunson. unreasonable. Jalen Brunson has that experience, which is why this is the Outside only season. Brunson. Said, yeah, that's what, oh, this is the only season I've ever actually said we should get out of the first round. Jalen Brunson elevates my expectations because he's been to the Western Conference Finals as the second best player on that team and beat an entire team on his own in the first round dropping 40 points he's unbelievable and once rj's back i think we have a really good solid depth and rotation in this team and i think we could beat a team like cleveland or atlanta or toronto or indiana or philly whoever ends up as the season has a lot more, more games to go outside of boston milwaukee who we cannot beat but the nets and anyone else i think we could get them a very competitive seven game series especially cleveland i think realistically speaking the only way the Knicks get out of the first round is if the Knicks can get themselves into the top four. If the Knicks is within that bottom half of the playoffs, not like sixth, seventh, eighth, they're not getting out the first round. We have to, we have to be real about it. They're not going to get now, out the first round. Now, I agree with you. I agree with you, Ryan. Now, should we get out of the playing tournament? Yes. Will we get smacked by the seventh or eighth seed? Also, yes. But if we are, where are we We are right now, which is a sixth seed, I think we could be able to beat the Cavs if we end up facing up against them. That's very possible, in my opinion. I mean, I could see the Knicks winning, like, a couple of games. I don't think we'd be in the Cavs, though. That would be great. If it goes seven games, I'm happy. If we just swept, hell no. I think people's expectations of the players on this team are a little bit too high. I think we were supposed, I think we were supposed to be right now. I, and I think that's why a lot of people are kind of getting disappointed. Because their expectations I think a lot of people, I think... Early. It feels like Tip supporters are just trying to like make preliminary uh, backup plans and arguments when we end up getting our asses whooped in the first round, which is unfortunate because I think this team is good enough to beat anyone outside of the top two. I really, I really think we can. Brunson has a whole new dynamic. Brunson, one person. Yeah, I mean Randall's having a great year. If Randall comes to plays in the playoffs that he is in a regular season, we got two guys. Hmm. It's a question mark, too. That's a question mark, too. It's the same way with Tibbs. Randall choked in the playoffs, too. But if he turns it around and plays awesome, there's no reason why we can't beat Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. That's my whole thing. 
at the end of the day, coaching does matter to an certain extent. But when you look across the team and somebody has Kevin Durant has Durant on their back or Hart on their back, like you, there's no scheme that's gonna drop a guy who shoots sixty percent from the mid. There's nothing you can really do about that. You have to kind of match it with other firepower. And right now, we we I don't know, we just don't. I kind of, we kind of going in circles right now, but <laughs> it is what it is. What do y'all? I listen, man. I'm just glad I said you OB get some minutes today because I was kind of worried that he was going to be put in no man's land from the reports that I was getting from Ian Begley at the putback. <laughs> I was surprised to even see him play a little bit today, to be honest with you. And he only played like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> short stints, very short stints. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yo, s- salute to the chat. I don't really have any much else to say about this game. If anybody wants to call in, I can read some of these chats and we can call it a night, man. Unless y'all got y'all got something else to say. No, actually, I think that playoff talk was definitely an excellent way to end <laughs> the conversation tonight. Exactly. Fournier, three points on run. Well, salute to the chat. Shout out to Sherwin. Shout out to King Ja Man Child. Says we could have lost the Raptors as well. Yeah, we could have lost the Raptors, but, but we pulled that out. Shout out to my guy, Rick Nucky Fresh is in the building. Says Tiz will be our Mark Jackson next year. We'll have a new coach to elevate our team. Hell yeah. With plays a better scheme. I feel like we're two years away, to be honest with you. I think Leon could be could uh spend 40 million better than Evan Rose and 8 million with Kemba. Yeah, the Kemba thing was was uh not bad. Was pretty blah. Rose was good for a year. Now he's a mentor. I'm not crying over Rose because he's not that expensive, really, and he's going to expire next season. Um, if there was an asterisk, maybe I would say it could be Evan Fournier. He won the three point shooting. He beat John Stark's three point shooting record last year. And we drafted Grimes to be his replacement. But uh, I don't know. The front office does this thing where they they try to have the veteran there to, to be training wheels for the rookie because they don't want the rookie to be baptized by fire. But it was obvious to me last year in December that Grimes should be starting over Fournier. Yeah. All right. Yo, we can end the show right there. Nice, quick, concise show. That's our show. Next game. When is the next game? Next game is the Pacers. On Wednesday. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. We got the Pacers on Wednesday. Guarantee you it's going to be a barn burner. It was a close game before. You already know the Pacers are going to want their revenge. Curious to see what's going to happen with Miles Turner, though, because Miles Turner didn't sign his extension. So I'm curious to see what the Pacers was going to do with that. Um, it's a, yeah, but it is a must win. We have to win that. We have to win that game and restart the streak. All right. Yeah. Knicks four game winning streak strapped, snapped. I mean, let's get this winning streak back on the rails on Wednesday. All right. Cool. Knicks need to be strapped against the Pacers. Huh? They, they, be, they better come in strapped against the Pacers on Wednesday. Oh, absolutely. Need <laughs> to come in. Especially because, you know, Wally was talking smack about Halliburton. 
And exactly. you already know Halliburton's going to come with the smoke because of what Wally said. So we need to be ready for that. And I right. need Randall to be ready. I need the team to be ready. We need more scoring from more guys in three. I would like Grimes to get... I would like Grimes to get a few more touches. Um, lead to your credit when you talk about offensive schemes. I wish we used Grimes more like a, like a Reggie Miller <laughs> type of situation sometimes. Or a Rip Hamilton yep. situation. To take some of the load, load off. Um, I I just wish we, we did that with Grimes a little bit more, giving some movement three, since he has the potential to be that type of guy. Um, yeah. But that is our show. Lee, let him know where they can find you, man. Hit me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo. All right. And my guy, Ryan G, let him know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And I'm just here reading the comments section, seeing Lee and Sherman go at it, and it is highly entertaining. I have to, I have to admit. <laughs> Sherman's going to troll. That's what Jesse Sherman does. <laughs> Sherman needs to watch the tape. This guy's bum glasses on. <laughs> What do they say? What, what what's the commentary? I've been missing all this action. Talking about the Atlanta New York uh, playoff series when John Collins played Julius Randle straight up, locked him up, got in his head, shut him down. Oh, Randle did not choke in the playoff. The defense was great against him. Um, yeah, the defense was great against him. We didn't have a point guard who could help him out. It, it's one of those things where. We didn't have a point guard. We didn't have a crazy imaginative defense, and he's not the guy. He's not the guy. He didn't necessarily, like, he's not that player, man. He's not that player. Yeah, Randall was expected to do too much, and Atlanta really shut him down as a result. And then on top of that, like you said, we didn't have point guard play. We didn't have good point guard play. We had Rose starting at point guard, playing a a whole bunch of minutes. And then and Randall wasn't and Randall didn't really have guys around him that were actually producing and scoring buckets to help him out. So Right. And those Nerlens are the type Noel. of games where you need him to shoot threes to, to a kind of series you need him to shoot threes to make things happen. And he wasn't shooting threes. He wasn't hitting anything last season. So once you took that away and you have no other offensive help, it kind of helps. And and then on top of that, I still felt like the passing schemes weren't the, the best with Randall that year. But I digress. And no Mitch as well. Shout Uh-oh. out to Timmy. Uh-oh. My dad's in the chat, and he gave props to IQ. Whoa, wait a minute. You have to yeah. pause the show. Yes, he is. <laughs> IQ making – listen, I keep trying to tell you. IQ low-key has been – IQ shot selection low key has been better for like a month and a half. They just don't be dropping. <laughs> they just don't be dropping. Now they starting to drop. So it looks like his shot selection is better now. But <laughs> after like the first three weeks or so of bad basketball for IQ, like his shot selection has been a lot better. Yeah, I had to do a photo of that uh, just, just so I can remember it. <laughs> Facts. I just wish IQ was able to 
keep that same consistency when they made that push in the third quarter, then maybe we'd be able to sit Randall and, and Brunson a little bit longer. But it is what it is. Still a good game by IQ, who had 23 points on the night in the crazy stat line. 9 of 14, 64% from the field and 50% from three. So, got to hand it to him. All right. Even though we lost. But, yep. Agreed. Yep. That is our show. Thanks, uh, Lee's Pops. You can't take it back. He gave like you a compliment. Uh, everybody on KOT fam, screenshot that and send it to, to our email or something or, or post it on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll twag, we'll tag him. So that'll live on the internet for as long as we live. <laughs> My dad just said, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But yo, that is our show. Salute to you guys. Um, listen, you already know we can find us. You can find us. Hold on. Let me get to the well. First of all, get the snapbacks, the black and white and the blue and orange at the nicktimeshow.com. Um, purchase go to just go to nicktimeshow.com, hit catalog, get those snapbacks. Then follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to podcasts, listen to KOT. All right? Cool. That is our show. We out of here. All right? Tough loss, but we'll be back. Start another streak. And as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube and Twitter streets. That is our show. We out there. Chat. Hold on. Hey, at the buzzer. Ain't doing the clutch. At the buzzer. Julius Randle. Take note. You see how he makes, he takes his shot at the buzzer and it goes in. Knicks Nation TV sends a 999 super chat. Right before the show ends, it says, great show. Randall, take note. I still love you, Randall. I still love you. I still appreciate what you do for this team and to turn around mentally in the season. But that's how you do it. You didn't choke in the clutch. All right? All right. That is our show. <laughs> and as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.